We're going to be in Psalm 11. And uh, as you're going there, I'll, I'll open this up um, with prayer, and then we can take a look at that psalm. God, we just come before you this evening, and uh, God, I just ask that um, you would just uh, still our hearts before you, and that um, as we come and uh, reflect on your word, um, God, that um, we would um, be available to you. And God, I ask as uh, we pray afterwards and worship afterwards, God, that um, uh, we would do so with a, a spirit that is uh, receptive towards you, and that, God, we would do it um, in a way that is um, honoring to you, God, in a way that seeks your glory and not our own. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Right, let me read Psalm 11 for us. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eye see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. As we look at the psalm this evening, what I want to uh, put before you is uh, the idea of what do you do in the storms of life, when the storms of life come, and what is going to be your vantage, what is going to be your perspective, what is going to be your point of view. And in thinking about that, um, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, Do you pan is in view? Do you pan on the problem? Or do you pan on the panacea? Obviously, sort of alliteration there um, with the, the word P. But do you pan on the problem or do you pan the panacea? It begins in verse 1. And the passage opens up. In the Lord I take refuge. Refuge is only needed in a storm. So as this psalm is being written, uh, we can be certain that there is some storm uh, that the psalmist finds himself in. And in the midst of this storm, uh, the psalmist seeks protection from the Lord. Hence he implores, in the Lord I take refuge. Uh, One of the things that we see there in the beginning in verse 2 is that the the psalmist also seems to be ruminating on some flawed advice that has been received from others. And we see a bit of this flawed uh, advice um, that has been um, received. It begins, flee to the mountains. Flee like a bird to your mountain. Flee. And so this is one of the the bit of advice that the the psalmist receives. And then uh, the uh, psalmist also reflects upon this other bit of information that has been passed along. For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. And the passage continues. If the foundations, that's as in the city's foundations, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And we see the advice that the, the psalmist ha- has received from others is that the city is under attack. The, you need to flee. Go to safety. You, you won't be saved in the midst of this. And even the, the imagery there of, of the wicked with the bow that's ready and the arrow that's ready to, to strike out. 
And we see that David doesn't uh, seem to dispute the facts of the situation here. He seems to recognize that he's in a very dire situation. Um, but he does uh, dispute the advice that he has received. The advice to flee to the mountains. Uh, we see that this advice that David is uh, receiving it has come from the vantage point of pan the problem. They have been panning on the problem. They are looking upon the problem. Their eyes are focused on the wicked. They see the power of the wicked. All right, we see that with the imagery of the, of the bow and the string. And there seems to even be a certain fear of the wicked. The idea that if the foundations are destroyed, this um, impending doom that has coming upon them. And the psalmist there is reflecting upon what can only be described as the lousy advice of others. And that advice, flee Why you still can before your demise comes. We see that the, the psalmist has skewed such advice uh, as the, the passage begins. In the Lord I take refuge. In the Lord I take refuge. And now we're going to check out the other vantage point of this, this um, pan, the panacea. Um, this look upward to God. We see the psalmist there as he looks upward to God. Um, and it says there uh, in verse 4, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. So the psalmist, while in the midst of the storm, he looks and he looks upon God and his throne in heaven looking down. And he looks upward to God. Quite different from the advice which he has received, which is to look outward, but towards the wicked people that are coming towards him. Uh, the passage there continues in verse 4. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. His being God's. God's eyes see, God's eyelids test the children of man. Just a point of clarification for you that the, uh, the term eyelids there. Uh, has the idea seen with a, a great amount of insight. And so this, as the term is put there, it's this uh, uh, moment of this kind of invasive look in, into you. Um, it might be the kind of thing, if you were doing something wrong and someone were to look at you with that intense glare and say, I see what you are doing. Um, it's not that they just visually see what you are doing. Um, they have looked upon you and they have made a judgment about what they see that you are doing and they were reminding you of that. So this idea that um, uh, God looks um, and tests the children of man, it's this in, um, uh, very intense, invasive look into people. And with that great insight, uh, we find that God is going to do um, two things. Uh, the first that he is going to do is that he is going to test people. And we see there in verse 5. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the ones who love violence. So with that great insight, uh, the first thing is a test. And the second thing that is going to come from that great insight is going to be judgment. And there in verse 6 we see, Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of the cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. And so we see God after the test there. He moves into judgment and makes a judgment against the people, makes a judgment against the wicked, but also makes a judgment for those who are trying to pursue him, for those who are righteous. 
So the question I would have for you today is in the storm, in the storms of your life, what is going to be your vantage? What is going to be your viewpoint? Right? Are you going to look out and just see the problem that is there before you? Are you going to look up and try and find a solution? Uh, we see the psalmist has very much looked up and seen God and seen the solution there. Now, as I, I was thinking of this idea of looking upon the solution and not the problem, I realized it sounded a little bit like some sort of self-help manual. Right? It's not like, you know, the number six step to being the better you. Focus on solutions, not on the problems. So one of the things I want to um, definitely make uh, clear today um, was the difference between what I would describe as good advice and godly wisdom. I think that's one of the things that this uh, psalm provides for us, is the difference between good advice and godly wisdom. Now, we need good advice. There are certainly times in our life when we need good advice. When I am trying to fix my bike and I can't figure out what to do, I go to YouTube and I am looking for some good advice on how to fix my bike. So there are times for uh, good advice. Um, but um, one of the, the issues that um, we have with good advice is it, it takes the viewpoint off of really what the problem is. So good advice is essentially telling you, hey, you can fix the problem. There's a problem and you have the ability to fix it. And now I'm going to give you a suggestion, a piece of advice so that you can fix your problem. Godly wisdom, on the other hand, which is what the psalmist displays here, godly wisdom uh, looks upon it and says that the situation isn't the problem. Really, you, the individual, are the problem. And the reason that you, me, the individual, is the problem is because of our sin nature. And fundamentally, we can look to God's work through Jesus Christ and see that God is addressing our fundamental problem, that being a fundamental nature of our sin that separates us off from God. And so there, through uh, the work of Jesus Christ, uh, we see that um, uh, through the life of Christ and through his death, and through his ultimate resurrection and his defeat of death, um, that we see God working through our fundamental problem, which is our sin nature. Um, and in the midst of, of this, we find that, that godly wisdom looks upon not the situation and our ability to solve the situation, but it looks upon the fundamental nature of the problem. The fundamental nature of the problem is that we are sinful beings, and we are going to need God's great intervention to adjust the problems that are of a God-sized task. These aren't within our own ability to address. They must be addressed through the power of God. God's help is needed. I want us to just take a look uh, as we've uh, looked at this idea of godly uh, wisdom as opposed to good advice in this passage. And as we, we think about that, I think the good advice that was presented here comes at the end of verse 1. Flee like a bird to your mountain. That's the good advice. Here's this difficult situation that you were in, and I have the solution for you. That's what someone is saying to the psalmist. I have the solution for you. You have your own power. Flee to the mountain. Flee to the mountain and save yourself. Uh, the godly wisdom comes in what the psalmist has done, which is in verse 1. In the Lord I take refuge. In the Lord I take refuge. The psalmist says, I'm not going to rely upon my own power 
to solve this problem, I'm going to rely upon the power of God to solve this. Because God is the one who can intervene and bring actual and true resolution to this issue. So as we think of the psalm, it is what I want you to uh, uh, ruminate upon, is the difference between good advice and godly wisdom. And as I said, there are certainly times that we need good advice. But when we need godly wisdom, let's not substitute good advice. Godly wisdom looks upon it and says, sees God as the solution to our problems, whereas opposed to good advice looks upon it and sees us as somehow having the solution to our own problems. Let me close this in prayer. God, as we move on in our our time this evening, God, I just pray that um, uh, we would be able to um, just still ourselves before you. Uh, God, still still our minds, uh, still our hearts, and uh, still our souls before you. And that um, God is uh, um, the message here presented. God, I pray that um, as it is helpful that um, we might be reminded of the words here. Um, We might be reminded uh, of your scripture and its great um, power to speak truth into our lives. We ask all this in your name. Amen.